0: getting serious now. <laughs> oh, my. You know, we're thinking about our military and all the things that go on. Well, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I know how horrific those days were and all the trauma that followed the aftermath of our departure from Vietnam. But one day I was, one night, I was aboard ship off the coast of Vietnam, 1967, and, uh, you know, I I just, everything seemed so far away, family, friends, the trauma of the war, the uncertainty, will we live through this, what's going to happen to us, there were many great unknowns, and... In the midst of that I would console myself by going out on the bow of the ship all by myself in the dark of the night and look up at the amazing sky with all the stars more than you can even see here and the moon and you know the planets I mean I and I would just think about the Lord and I would talk to him and as I would express my various fears and frustrations my cares and concerns to the Lord and yet he seemed so far away. I seemed so isolated. What, what do we do when God seems far away? What's happening to us? I believe many of us, in the Christian community especially have been affected by what I want to call a separation mentality. There's a mindset of separation that constantly enshrouds us and robs us and hinders us from the abiding presence, the awesome power of the indwelling of the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, His Spirit, His life. And we've been singing about presence and and Wesley gave us a great message through that song. And and if you caught it, the person was crying out in the midst of her hurt. But Lord, where are you? Lord, where are you? And then the response, I am here. Yes. I am here. And I want us to shift our focus from a God who seems so far away to the present indwelling christ the resident spirit of god in us we've got to shift that mindset because that mindset is crowding and crushing us from becoming and experiencing all that we were meant to be in christ it's it's the 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 thief who comes to steal the joy of our salvation so (laughs) adversity comes and what do we do well that's what we're going to find out here today in Romans chapter 8 I want to begin with one scripture Romans 8 6 the apostle Paul says to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace okay so we have two mindsets we have a carnal mindset and a spiritual mindset Now, this carnal mindset is a separation mentality. It's the the thought that God is far away. And the reason He seems so far away is because we still think of ourselves separate from and apart from the Lord Himself. He's still out there somewhere. And this kind of mindset is what is constantly robbing us and distorts our thinking you, until we know our true identity in Christ and realize what happened when we received Christ we're not going to grasp the fact that the Lord who is out there somewhere has come to live in here right inside of you to reside in you The Bible calls it his indwelling presence Romans 8 goes on to explain that but this is who the Lord is and you've got to see yourself as God sees you in Christ in his life in you in order for you to know this new resource that's available to you the very presence and power of God within you right now though Most of us have more of what we might call, uh, Paul's term, we have a flesh perspective. That is, we see from the human point of view. So when we look at life, we're we're limited. um, we, We focus on our flaws. We focus on our failures. We look at our needs, our deficiencies, our weaknesses. And all of that is a separation mentality yes we need to be honest and not operate out of denial and honesty means we've got to start with the problems we've got to start with the needs but we don't stay there we don't dwell on that that's the starting point we must admit we've got problems jesus said they that are whole don't need a physician you've got to admit you've got needs on the human plane But then you must also recognize but you have the source and supply of all your needs resident in you. By the Spirit of God in you, you have what you need. So you've got to move from this flesh consciousness to a Christ consciousness. From a flesh consciousness to a Christ consciousness. And when you do that, you're going to stop seeing weakness and you're going to start seeing strength you're going to see that God has supplied your needs. Now, separation mentality is going to always cause you to feel detached from the Lord, far removed from the Lord, impoverished, and in need of the Lord. What's going to happen and what typically has happened in your life as a Christian because of this separation mentality is you take one step forward but then too backward. It's a constant backtracking, and you're constantly trying to play catch-up with the Lord. You're trying to get Him to do something for you, to get Him to be somewhere with you. It's always a, I need something more from the Lord. And so you're always reaching out, always trying to strive. Um, Let me think of some phrases out loud with you. These are, I would call separation thinking my friend calls it stinking thinking (laughs) i think he's right i mean it is but here's how it works you you hit a wall you face a crisis you encounter a problem and you and 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 how, how do you respond you respond out of frustration out of anger out of fear and anxiety all your responses are human responses to what you see and feel within your flesh, within your humanity. But you're, you're living from that realm of the outside and you're reacting to the circumstances. So then you pray something like, Lord, be with me. Lord, be with me. What have you just declared? That he's not with you, but you need him. So then you say, oh Lord, walk with me. Now come alongside of me as kind of the crutch that's going to carry me. And so we've got these footprints in the stand and, and all of these are sweet emotional things that maybe sound nice and may give you a feel good moment, but they're robbing you of reality. So, I see two sets of footprints, but now there's only one. Well, that's because I'm carrying you. No, no, there's only one set. It's the set that your feet are walking in, and the Christ in you is walking through your feet. You are the hands and feet of Jesus on planet Earth. There's not this other set. He isn't here in his physical body. He's in your body. He's in your body. He's in you. So... And then we say, oh, I I need more of you, Lord, more of you, Lord, more of you, Lord. And we're constantly wanting more of him, trying to get closer to him, trying to become more like him. This is separation mentality. This is robbing you of what you already have in Christ. It's robbing you of who already is in you. What did Wes's song say? I am here. He is in here, in you. That's who he is. And that's where he is. From the moment you say yes to Jesus and ask Christ to come into your life, he comes in. Now, as a boy of 11, I said yes to Jesus. I asked him to come into my heart. Now, here I am 10 years later on a ship in the Navy, far removed from fr- family, friends, everything. And now where is God when I need him? Far removed. And yet, i if you ask me... Well, yeah, I ask Jesus in my heart. Well, where is he? Well, I, I, he's in my heart, but I don't feel like it. He's in my heart, but I feel like he's far away. Yeah, well, am I going to live by feelings or by faith? Faith believes what God says. Faith believes what God has done. Yes. And God has imparted to us Jesus Christ, the life source to indwell us, to sustain us, to empower us and equip us and enable us. And to allow us to face and deal with any and every circumstance of life. But then we say, well, that's how God sees me. But then, this is how I really see myself. And then we start describing all the negatives about our humanity. That's all we're talking about. We're talking about our human faults, our human flaws, our human failures. Yes, they're all there. But that's not how God sees you. He sees the real you because that's not the real you. That's the house you live in. Happens as you get older, it starts crumbling and and, and starts collapsing and, and so what? It's just the house you live in. Some have a bigger, fancier house than others. So what? It's the, those who indwell the house, the residents of the house. And who resides in you? The Lord of glory, King Jesus, is resident in you. That's your life source, and he's in you. So we've got to set aside this separation mentality that makes us think he's far removed from us. That's the kind of separation that really we've been influenced by this through much of the Old Testament teaching. Now, I love the Bible, and I love the Old Testament, and I read it all the time. In fact, I've been reading the Old Testament most of this year. But if we see ourselves in light of the Old Testament teaching, we will miss the reality of the New Testament truth. You see, the Old Testament was preparatory to set the stage for the New Testament. The old covenant was established to get us ready for the new covenant. But the new covenant brings a new life. We've entered a new age. People talk about the new age. We are in the new age in Christ. That is the only new age there is. The old is passed. Behold, all has been made new. So he took away the old, but he replaced it with the new himself. That's why he made us new creatures in Christ. He created us new in Christ. So we've got to get away from that kind of Old Testament thinking. Now, (laughs) when I pastored a a church... uh, I went through the hymn book, I went through the song book, I had sat down with my praise and worship team, and we looked at these songs, yes. because here's where I'm going. I love many songs out there. I love the old hymns. I used to listen to my grandmother play the organ at the Baptist Church in Oklahoma. I thoroughly enjoyed. My mother played the piano, and she played uh, hymns for children in, in the church where I grew up. I love these hymns, and I love the new praise and worship. But be on guard. Some of the best sounding songs have the worst message. They will lock you into an Old Testament mentality, to a separation mentality, and they will rob you of your life. Sometimes we wouldn't even sing certain songs. Sometimes we would change the words of some songs. Because you see, as a man thinks... So is he. And you start thinking this is the truth and you start singing these hymns. I I wake up singing a lot of hymns. I was singing a hymn yesterday morning and and I suddenly realized this is one of those hymns, you know. And so so let me give you some examples of some of these hymns. I've got, I made a record of them. But they will, and again I'm saying I love songs and hymns. And that's how we worship the Lord. But just be aware of what you're seeing. Sometimes my wife and I, we change the words even as we're seeing in a group. Because <laughs> we don't want to be programming ourselves with the doctrines of death and destruction when we can be affirming truth and life. That's right. Truth and life. So, here's this song. Fanny Crosby, a wonderful godly lady. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Nearer. Closer to you, Lord. Draw me nearer. And be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, nearer. Three times. Draw me to the cross. Draw me to your blessed side. But draw me nearer. Now what is that just said to us? I'm far from God and I need to be praying and singing and pleading for him to draw me nearer. Now I understand that's how she was thinking and that's how she was feeling and that's how many people felt back then and still today feel. That's how we feel, but that's how we are not in our spirit, our true self. That's how we are in our flesh, our humanity. We're feeling the circumstances of adversity. We're feeling the circumstances of of the negatives and the problems and we're seeing these things and our first expression is oh no (laughs) our first expression is to run and hide with fear and anxiety and there's many fearful things in our world today for sure many and I think more to come and so we need to know how to face life with a bold confidence of the Lord's indwelling presence to sustain us so that no matter how things begin to fall apart and around us the Lord is our rock we're locked into him Jesus our sure foundation we're steadfast in him we're unmovable in him he will sustain us and if he doesn't get us through it here he'll take us home and we'll be good to go forevermore (laughs) so either way we win now there's another hymn my hope is built on nothing less now I love that song why I'm singing that song one morning and but then it says "And oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone now that sounds good or we might pray Lord clothe me in your righteousness or we might pray the Lord doesn't don't see me just see Jesus. See uh, Preachers pray that. Lord hide me behind the, the cross or hide me behind the pole. <laughs> but the only you they're going to see and the only you he sees is the you he made new in Christ. That's right. In Christ. Now sure we have our flaws and failures and yes we sin and stumble in, at times but he doesn't focus on that. He focuses on your true self, on your heart your new life so that's what he's looking at now, you're not just dressed in righteousness that's an old covenant perspective in the old covenant we were clothed even in Adam and Eve in the garden they were clothed by the animal skins and the blood was shed and that was a clothing an external but now we've not just been clothed in righteousness we've been made righteous 2nd Corinthians five twenty-one: he who knew no sin Jesus Christ became sin why so that we might be made made righteous in Christ he has made you right the devil made you wrong and Jesus made you right this is good news this is why we call it good news wow I like that so dress in his righteousness alone no I am made right in him alone so you can change the song. Sure, I love the song. I'm made right in Him alone. I am right. Yes. Not by works of righteousness that I have done, but by Him, the righteous one, and His work that He has done. And now, He's in me and in you. He's made you right. And He is your righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Christ was made unto us righteousness. He is your righteousness. He's made you right. You're the, that's who he's made you. That's who you are. So then we sing a song, Casting Crowns. Who am I? It's a great song. has wonderful words to it until you get to a certain point. And then all of a sudden you realize he never answers the question of who am I? He talks about who I was, all the negatives of what I was. And you would go along that and then he comes to this part here. Who am I that the bright of morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart? No, no, no. That's not you. You have a new heart. A heart after God. He gave you a new heart when He made you one with Him. And Christ has given you a new heart, a living heart. You don't have an ever-wandering heart. Now, your flesh might wander when you're tempted with sin. And you might wander astray. But your heart's not wandering. Your heart is fixed on Him. You have a heart after God, just like David the Psalmist. And the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, when he describes his fleshly struggles, when he describes this separation mentality and how it has impacted his life and and destroyed him, he then says, Oh, wretched man that I am. He says, I am miserable. I'm, I feel this wretchedness about me because he says in Romans seven eighteen, what I want to do, I'm not doing. In fact, what I hate, I end up doing. What does he hate? He hates sin and he loves righteousness. And that's your heart. If you've received Christ, you have a heart after God. You hate sin. <laughs> you love righteousness that's you now that's not to say that you can't be momentarily deceived and the pleasures of sin which last for a season look good and taste good and feel good and you engage whatever it might be thoughts words deeds who cares it happens still it's not your real heart desire you were deceived misguided you obeyed the liar you believed his lie you embraced the, the forbidden fruit whatever it might be for you but the song is making us think we have an ever-wandering heart. And then he goes on down and he keeps talking about how I'm, flady, I'm a flower and I'm fading and this today and here today and gone tomorrow. And, but he concludes I'm yours and, and I am yours and that's good. Yes, that's who you belong to, but that's not who you are. See, he still hasn't ever told us who we are, but he has told us this. This is how he concludes the song. He says, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Whom shall I fear? Well, I am yours. Okay, that's good. That's a starting point. Yes, I belong to the Lord. But who am I? I'm a new creation, made new in Christ. I am indwelt by Jesus Christ. I am as close to God as I'll ever get. See, we we start with separation but then we find ourselves in union now another one Michael W. Smith breathe this is the air I breathe now I love that song your holy presence living in me that's excellent yes he is his holy presence living in me but then we move along in the song and all of a sudden we're down here and the next thing you hear the most the focal part of the song I am desperate for you I am lost without you I am desperate for you I am lost I am lost I am lost without you without you without but you're not without him you say but wait a minute Jesus said, yes he did. In John chapter 15, verse 5, he said, without me you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I agree. He said it, it's true. But with him all things are possible. Yes. And which one are you? Without him or with him? <laughs> See, you're not without him anymore. The moment you said yes to Jesus, he came in. You're never, ever without him again. The whole point of Wesley's song. I am here. I am here. This is the truth. This is the reality. Are you going to live in reality and truth? Are you going to live in feelings and, and circumstances and, and, and experiences? No, you've got to live in reality and truth. And this is the word of God. This is the truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. And he said, I have been with you in John 14. He says now to the disciples, I've been with you. Yeah, that's old covenant. And he was still under the old covenant at that time. He says, but things are about to change. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised from the dead. I'm going to impart my spirit to you. And I am not only going to be with you, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to be within you. Within you. He says, I'm going to come and reside in you. Oh my, what a change. No more separation. Now union. So man's problem, separation, removed from God we're separated yes we're removed from God Isaiah 59 verse 2 talks about how your iniquities have separated your sins cause him to not hear you sure that's a terrible place to be but not anymore not in Christ those iniquities that separated the sin that robbed you from being able to communicate with God that quenched the spirit gone you're forgiven now sins are forgiven Back far as the east is from the west removed from you see that's what he's done so the sin issue is over the cross took care of that the cross put an end to that that's gone and now in its place we move from this separation mentality separated by sin to understand that God has done something amazing 1 Corinthians 6 17 notice what he says there He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So what happens is when you receive Christ, your life is joined to the Lord. The spirit of God comes into you. The Bible refers to that in John 3. Jesus calls it being born of God's spirit. God's spirit comes. He resides in you. You're now made new by his spirit. Now the spirit of God in you makes you one with God the Father through Christ. So you're now in union with Christ you're joined to him so when Paul uses the phrase in he means in union with when he uses together he means the two have been united as one so you're together you've been joined to him united to him you're one with him this is a solidarity and a stability that's unshakable a bond unbreakable this is what he's done for you in Christ Romans 8.35 and again he repeats it in verse 38 he talks about how there is no separation. Now what Paul has done in Romans is he's taken us all the way from the beginning of salvation to what it means to be a new creation to Christ being uh, crucified with us and us with him to this being be made joint heirs with Christ and now he's showing us that the life of God's spirit has come to reside in us and so he says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God And then he says, nothing can separate us again, he says, from the love of God. Now he then begins to list a number of very dramatic things. Um, Let's look at those. All these different things that would and could and should separate us. So Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now notice he gives some possibilities. Tribulation. Well, we have a lot of that today. Distress, Yeah, many of us are distressed. Persecution, sure, all over the world. Famine, some most definitely experiencing famine. Nakedness, peril, or the sword. I mean, there's all kind of possibilities of things that can, can separate us. But his question is, who shall separate us? Then he gives a couple of other examples. And now he moves to verse um, 38. He says, for I am persuaded, that means firmly convinced and without a shadow of a doubt, I am certain. He says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor the height, nor the depth, nor any other creature, no matter persons, animals, monsters, whatever, it... They none of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now he's he's elaborated a little further there. He says the love of God. First he said the love of Christ in verse 35. Now he says the love of God. But then he says, That love is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Christ is your Lord when you say yes to Jesus, and he comes into you, he becomes your Lord and Savior. Now, at that point, he's saying to you, Nothing can separate you from God from Christ and then he adds his love now twice he emphasizes God's love so here's the deal we all as kids growing up did things and we blew it and we knew our parents were very disappointed sad hurt whatever at that time we didn't feel much love (laughs) I don't feel the love mom dad I don't feel the love here I mean I I feel the wrath I feel the the disappointment the dismay the whatever but with, with what Paul is saying because you're in Christ not only can you not be separated from him you can't even be separated from his love which is to say he always and forever accepts you and never and forever will he reject you Always accepted and never rejected. We as humans, we, we naturally gravitate toward a, a more conditional relationship. So if if your family or your friends do things you don't like, you kind of stand off. Distance yourself. Maybe cut them off verbally. Whatever. But not so with our Abba Father, our Daddy God. He, he just keeps on loving. He, he's a forever pouring out of his love just love 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 now love is unconditional acceptance love is unconditional affirmation it's unconditional that's the point of love it has no limits has no bounds no has no qualifications it just is who he is and that therefore that's who he that's what he does God's love his love just keeps on giving and giving. And so, Hebrews 13, 5 tells us we have this sweet promise from our Lord. But we have to understand the promise in the context. But he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Now, why is that? Because, you see, he joined himself to you. There's an inseparable bond. You're not one with him. Paul wrote Timothy in his second letter, and he said, Now, Timothy, let me remind you of something here. Even when you're unfaithful, he says in chapter 2, 2 Timothy 2, even when you are unfaithful, that is when your faith wavers and you doubt and and you pull back or fall. But God abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. You see, you you and Jesus are now one. And so the father would have to deny Jesus in order to deny you. If he denies you, he's going to deny you. And he will never deny Jesus. Jesus is his beloved son in whom he's well pleased. And it's because of your union with Christ that you're safe and secure. It's because you're one with him. You have stability and security. There's, you, He's never going to leave you because he would have to leave his son. And that he will never do. That he will never do. So we don't need keep being caught up in these kind of songs like that one about the air I breathe and being desperate for more of him and at the very end of that song he ends with I want more of you but you can't get more than what you've already got in Christ you've got all there is it's a package deal of his fullness John chapter 1 16 have we all received we have received God in his fullness through Christ fullness means all there is all there is is in you all of Christ is in me all of Christ is in you and all that he is in me he just simply wants to be through me yes. that's why we can sing have thine no Way, way Lord yeah Lord just have your way with me live your life through me be yourself in me <laughs> and you get to enjoy the ride see but you're just moving forward with his life as your life so then you can come to that confident place because now you shifted from a separation mentality to a union mentality yeah. and now you can say wait a minute I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not a wishful thinking. that's not mind control that's not me trying to psych myself up that's a, that's a reality. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ. But Christ is the doer. <laughs> he works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. But he's doing the work and it's the power of his spirit. And yet it's being done through you. Not apart from you, but through you. So he will, he will guide your thoughts. He will direct your actions. He will empower your abilities. I mean, he will do it but he does it with you in cooperation that's why it's called joint heirs and co-laborers we share equally with him and we labor equally with him it's a wonderful life it is the most wonderful life this is who he is this is what he's done so you've made that shift the problem has been solved and you've made the shift from this separation mentality to a union mentality so now when adversity comes no need to run and hide or panic or fear yes as humans you might feel all those emotions but even psalmist David what time I feel afraid well I will trust in the Lord that's it you don't have to try to get him to come be with you in this Lord thank you you're in this you're in me and you're going to get me through this that's the reality problem solved union consciousness Christ in me that Christ consciousness his presence in me let's pray Lord to thank you so much that as we at times feel we troubled and tormented as times we feel anxious and fearful and we cry out and we ask where are you and then that quiet still small voice says I am here I am here, and you are right here inside of me, resident within me. Thank you, Lord, for your indwelling presence. Thank you, Lord, that you have liberated us from the separation mentality and there is now therefore no separation to those who are in Christ. Thank you, Lord. That separation is over. And now I thank you and praise you, Lord, that I have all of you and you have all of me and you are in me and I can do all things through you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the strength of my life and I am strong in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless.